I'm joined by James Tusk, a male dating coach for busy professionals and entrepreneurs. James travels around the globe offering consultations and teaching men how to approach women and communicate with them. James also has a popular YouTube channel and has been featured in the media in the past. During this episode, James Tusk explains red pill, blue pill and black pill ideologies, who should pay on the first date, does status matter more than looks, coaching ex-incels and why incel ideology has become so popular with young men. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. Good, thank you. How are you? I've seen that you've been busy traveling everywhere. Yeah, it's been a it's been an emotional roller coaster. Um, no, it's fine. I mean, it's I'm fairly used to this because I've been doing it for four years, so it's just it is what it is. But yeah, I had a flight cancelled today from Warsaw, and uh, so I'm just back, still here. And then tomorrow I fly at like six a.m. to uh, right back to Russia, and then. Estonia after that and then actually back to London early September for a couple of weeks so that'll be the first time I've been back in a while how is it over there at the moment it's okay I've been in the countryside all weekend so I just got back last night so I haven't been in London for the bank holiday weekend but the weather was nicer like in Wiltshire than it is in London put it that way it's not raining (laughs) It's not raining or anything, but the weather, it's just grey and cloudy and miserable, so not that fantastic. Standard London in summer, isn't it? Very true. I'm just going to jump straight in with you, James, if that's all right with you. I just okay. want to know, how, how did you become a male dating coach for busy, for busy male professionals and entrepreneurs? Uh, I started working for a company run by a woman called Kezia Noble, like part-time about seven years ago, just helping out with taking guys out tonight's out and stuff. And a lot of these guys were just guys that come through her kind of, I guess, uh, she, she ran like a week-long program, um, basically focusing on helping guys to get better with, with the opposite sex. Um, so I started helping out her, and then I kind of saw... You know, the fact it was a pretty big market and you can give a lot of guys value, but also you can make some decent money. So I just thought, right, okay. Um, So I turned 30 and I just thought, let's give this a crack because I thought I could bring something that was slightly different to what she was offering or or kind of saw what she was doing and then just thought, right, I can make make certain things better here in terms of just how to teach her and stuff. Um, So, yeah, at age 30, I quit my job and just come my web full-time, built a YouTube channel as a way of kind of putting myself out there to get business in. And uh, that was four years ago. What what career, like, industry were you in before, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I worked in the legal industry for a bit, and then I did some financial sales jobs. So I guess the most recent uh, stuff I was doing before was, was around financial financial sales event sales um which was it was pretty good actually as a base for interacting with a lot of different people because this job requires you to you get people from all walks of life so guys from the age of literally 18 up to i think the oldest guy i worked with was almost 70 68 and obviously vastly different backgrounds white collar blue collar uh, after different things, 
uh, in terms of dating, different personality styles as well. So I think the fact I was kind of working in a sales context was good because it prepared me to be able to basically try and yeah, work, work with guys who are completely different. Uh, you have to kind of mould yourself and be a bit of a chameleon. Who are the types of men that reach out to you? I'd say the most common is basically the guys I try and pitch to. Because the first two years of me creating videos on YouTube, I was coming out of the jobs I was doing, which required me to wear a suit. So a lot of the, the early stuff, if you see me charging around places like Liverpool Street and Canary Wharf, it's because I just came out of work. So a lot of the guys that resonated with that content do tend to work in the corporate world. So a lot of accountants, lawyers, um, I guess guys who work in finance, management consultants, increasingly now digital nomads as well, um, who are a bit of a different market because they tend to be quite, I guess, quote unquote, logical and geeky. So it's kind of a new genre of guys that have started, I've started getting a lot of inquiries from who post COVID well, basically just travel well full time and they run things like e-commerce businesses or, you know, they're involved in crypto, stuff like that. Um, but typically guys, I'd say late twenties up to around kind of early forties is, is the most kind of for the last year or so, two years. That's, that's who I see most inquiries from. Why do you feel the modern man has lost his balls? Do you think the rise of <laughs> do you think the rise of feminism has played a part? As I've heard other male dating coaches say this, I see you offer courses on how to help help men recharge their masculinity. Sure. Um, I don't really know um, why it's happened per se, and you know, I I think a lot of the industry is especially from the male point of view, kind of the quote-unquote red pill um, side of things, which is, I guess, the manosphere side, is, is quite ranty and ravey, and it's very kind of... I mean, I, was, uh, I started reading content about it a few years ago, and it gives you a bit, it gives you an understanding of, of kind of how the sexual market operates. Um, but the problem with it is a lot of the guys who kind of preach that message are quite misogynistic, and the message is quite anti-female, which is not really kind of what what I want to get involved in. Um, and so the message really that I try and put out is based around men and how we can improve and get better without kind of much focus outside of that. Um, but why do I think the modern man has lost his balls? I don't know. Um, but I mean, I, f I think the fact that a few generations ago, you know, a, a masculine guy would be considered someone who went off to war, maybe, you know, charging over the trenches in, in World War One at the age of 18. I mean, the fact that now men cannot say hello to the opposite sex sober, um, I, I think is testament to kind of just a bit of a decline in, in, in masculinity and dating in, in a negative way. Um, because of the fact that, you know, guys have to kind of sit on Tinder and they are genuinely too scared. I mean, I've, I've worked with guys who work in the special forces and stuff and they literally told me they'd prefer to like, you know, run into combat than go and speak to that, that girl they think's attractive, stone cold sober. So I think a decline in social skills, um, probably tied in with smartphone use. Um, maybe the fact that, I mean, I don't want to bring up feminism as a thing, but I think the fact that a lot of mainstream media um, may tend to vilify guys um, because there's many nuances to this. It's not black and white. So if a, if a guy a guy approaches a girl 
and the girl isn't really interested in the guy. Maybe he's aesthetically not that very, you know, pleasing to look at, or maybe he's not very well dressed, or whatever reason you want to insert. Then you know, often I've heard girls go, "Oh no, that's that's you know that, that's horrible. That's the guy harassing me." But then if her supposed you know Prince Charming comes up, and th then it's like, "Oh no, we had amazing chemistry." So I think I think the messages put out. Um, by the mainstream media and by people in general are quite mixed. I think it's a very confusing environment for men to operate in. Um, it is a UK thing. I think the, the, the data having traveled kind of extensively around the world. The Anglosphere, I think, dating-wise is a bit more of a mess than, say, other, other countries where the gender roles are more polarized. For example, like former Soviet Union, I spent a lot of time in Russia. So generally speaking, most confusing in my kind of understanding of things and the way I see the confusion in places like Canada, Australia, the US and the UK. How I don't know you... if that makes sense. It's a bit of an awfully answer. I guess it's, um, I don't want to, how do I word it? I, I understand what you're saying. I guess it's different cultures. And I guess, yeah. yeah. So would you pay on the first date? Are you single? Do you have a girlfriend? Or are you casually dating at the minute? Are you are you into traditional, like, roles, if you if that makes so, sense? So well, what's the question? Am I paying on the first date? Yes. Are you single? Are you dating? Do you have a girlfriend? Do you pay on the first date? Um, yeah, definitely. I think the guy should absolutely pay. 100%. Okay. I know that's I like... Think a... sometimes... I think sometimes in the in the US and Canada, I've experienced it. I've seen it a lot with students and stuff, and uh, and and myself actually. And and the girl will jump in and try and pay, which I think is flattering. But I, you know, if I invite the girl out again, I I tend to teach this this kind of structure of face to face meeting. So you you see the girl as a guy, and you kind of you know go and say hello, and if it works out, you guys have chemistry or whatever, um, and you invite the girl out then you should be paying because you're kind of, I guess, leading that process. Um, if a girl offers to pay, I find that, you know, flattering, but I never really let her pay, no. I do find that question interesting because I don't know if you've seen, but it is a very, like, hot topic question. And oh, it's, really? Okay. It's a very polarised question. Some women feel that, you know, you should go 50-50, um yeah. I have to agree with you. I do feel like if you're taking me out then you're paying. I know that sounds um I know some people would be like it's quite shocking for a woman to say nowadays, but I kind of am a bit traditional in that sense, I guess. I can see why I can see the other side of it though, because I think sometimes maybe the woman feels like if she pays, then she's expected it's expected to go somewhere. So I, I've seen that as well, where women will deliberately actually jump in and, and pay half um, because they I'm just getting the vibe again with students that they think if they don't, then the guy will expect something. And actually, I see that more in what I'd call post-feminist societies like Russia, um, where actually it is absolutely expected 99 times out of 100. The, the, it's not even a question that the man's going to pay. I mean, I, I went on a few dates with Ukrainian women before I knew kind of about, before I traveled extensively, I knew about cultural differences. And, and they, one, one girl was so offended, she actually walked out. And one girl just laughed. She could not stop laughing because she thought I was joking. 
Um, it's a completely different culture. But then, interestingly, in the former Soviet Union countries, if a woman jumps in and insists that she wants to pay her half, it's usually because she wants to make it clear that she doesn't want anything to happen. So, again, there's cultural nuances here. Um, but, yeah, from, from my perspective, I guess just generalised, you know, kind of global perspective, I would always be looking to pay. Um, I don't think the girl should... Um, should fund it because usually the guy decides or suggests where to go or he should do in my opinion and so he's chosen it if he wants to go somewhere really expensive then that's fine but then why should she pay uh if he wants to keep it cheaper that's also fine so just suggest somewhere a bit cheaper i see you offer books and advice on how men can learn to text women correctly and plan dates I honestly didn't know that men were struggling and it was that bad because I feel like for me, it's really easy. I know that sounds like, I just, I don't think about game and texting men. I just, I just do it. So for me to get online and see that so many men are struggling, I did see, I know the US statistic is something like 20% of men are sleeping with like the majority of women something right. something like that i saw it on um fresh and fit when i was doing some research i saw that they had some sort of scandal with abba and preach so i got uh -huh. really involved in in researching this is this something that's really like you you coach men that find it hard to text women talk to women um, yeah it's one of the big biggest things that i see guys kind of asking advice on is, is right okay i've got her phone number now how do i actually turn that into a date and yeah, there's just very, very unconfident. Um, I think easy to mess it up as well, to be honest, because yeah, I think neediness is is off-putting, you know, either side of the coin, isn't it? And so if the guy comes across as a bit too needy, I think most women will probably be like, nah, actually, I, th I think you're all right there. <laughs> I think you're right, mate. I think we're going to dodge, dodge meeting up with this guy. So men really are completely clueless when it comes to texting. Um, which you can kind of understand why, because texting is actually a fairly more, I know, I know it goes back, you know, 20 years ago, but it's still fairly modern. So it's not like it's been in place for thousands of years, like how to text a girl to get her out on a date or how to, you know, after you've been on, on the first date, how to turn that into a second or a third date. It's really new as, as a thing. Um, so I can see why people are clueless. I mean, I, I, I remember getting a phone when I was like 13, I'm 34 now. And it had snake on and it was like you could send out sms's but this whole culture of basically texting on phones is, is really new comparatively compared to kind of like how long men and women have been been dating for why is the cold approach something you teach instead of teaching men to approach women in bars and on dating apps and in clubs is what you teach a form of pickup artistry or is it something different um, so I think pickup artistry is kind of the old school, I guess, first first generation stuff that myself and, and guys I kind of associate with are trying to get away from. Because there's connotations of kind of, I don't know, it's it's a bit sleazy, it's tricking, tricking women into bed. That's the connotation. Um, what I think we try and do is basically teach social skills and confidence. So, you know, the, the remit is if you see a girl... Uh, if you see a woman, you know, going around her everyday life, be it, you know, a shopping mall, coffee shop, whatever, you've got the kind of social, emotional intelligence skills to be able to go and say hello and see where that goes. 
So give give someone a compliment and potentially have a you know a calibrated conversation. Now it's about being conscious of the fact that if she doesn't want to engage with you, um, I mean I'm, I, I come from the back from the position of saying look as as men, it is our job to approach. In my opinion, um, people may argue that, but women do not approach men. I mean I, I'm a decent looking guy and I've probably been approached twice in my entire life in a club, never during the daytime, never in any other situations. I've been given invitations to approach, which is a girl, you know, kind of checking me out, um, you know, maybe moving closer to me, smiling, indications. But I do believe that men need to make the first move. So if we agree on that, then after that, once you give a compliment, both parties, you know, kind of know where where they stand. And if the and isn't interested in pursuing a conversation, I think that's where guys need to understand and learn to kind of just leave it, leave it as it is. Because if they do that in a calibrated way, if you give someone a compliment and they don't want to continue it, if a woman says, look, I'm, I'm married or I've got a boyfriend, I'm just not interested, and it's left there, that actually is, is kind of a win-win because that's the worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario is um, they get into a conversation, there's chemistry, and potentially, you know, they go on a date or whatever. So we try and teach basically calibrated social-emotional intelligence skills. Um, I think the fact that... Um, dating is done via phones and apps is actually quite a sad state of affairs. I don't think it's the best way to meet people at all. I think, you know, the most natural form of communication should be face-to-face. When you see someone in the daytime, you shouldn't have to go to clubs and get hammered and, you know, stand in a certain room to be able to talk to the opposite sex. You shouldn't have to hide behind a phone. I know that approaching a uh, cold approach is not the norm per se, by society standards. But then that kind of relates back to the fact that I think, you know, society has gone pretty soft in the fact that humans cannot inter, in, interact with each other sober. So uh, does that answer your question? It does. I have read Neil Strauss's The Game. I read it when I was like 19. So, and it really, it was eye-opening for me, obviously. I was like a naive teenager. And... I- I also got picked up a few years ago by a guy that was at one of my like journalism networking events. Um, right. And he tried, like he, I thought it was just business, honestly. I thought it was just like, I was gonna read his blog and then he started trying to move to me and I just spotted right. it straight away. Um, and he said that he wasn't into pickup artistry anymore, but he was into, I think his name's Alan Roger Curie. Mode. Alan Roger, Roger Curry, mode one. Yeah, sure. and he said, um, basically, I did research the, the strategies afterwards and he was very honest with me and he was, I found his approach very like, it just, it, it didn't work. It wasn't something I was down for. I wasn't attracted to him anyway. Uh, there was a big right. height difference there. Um, but he, he basically said that when he was ready, if he wanted friends with benefits with me, then he would smoothly move to me. And I was thinking, I don't want to have a friends with benefits situation with anybody. But, you know, it was it was interesting. Right. It was an eye-open experience. Um, why do you think... When you, said, when, you, when you say height difference, what, you mean he was a lot taller than you? No, obviously, I, would, I love that. And I have to be attracted to the person for them to be, like, tall, obviously. Um, but I'm five foot eight, and he was about five foot... Two, my I know women have preferences, and my preference is six foot and above, six foot four preferably. I know that's six foot four. I know, I know, 
I know that's extra, but um, <laughs> I've, my dating history is six foot four. Six foot four, six okay. foot four. So I've been lucky in that department. Why do you think pick-up artistry failed? I don't think it's it failed. I just think it's outdated. I mean, again, it's um, the connotations of, of being a pickup guy no longer cool. You know, back in the day when the game came out, you had the the guy featured in the game mystery. He had his own TV show, VH1. Um, so there was an era where it was considered cool, you know. Um, but that was 25, 30 years ago. I think things have moved on from that. Um, again, you know, the focus on what we're trying to do is 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 kind of a holistic approach where. Instead of saying to guys, right, fake value with, with weird lines and routines, we're just saying actually become a high-value guy, right? So work on your emotional and social intelligence skills forward up about a phrase, gain, basically learn charisma, um, learn to interact with other human beings, not just women that you want to date, just learn to be socially very on point. Because EQ, you know, there's, there's a number of studies now which show that EQ is a, is a higher determinant of sex, uh, success than IQ, right? So it's basically understanding how to interact with other people. But we're also saying focus on the fitness, you know, get in shape, um, max out your fashion, go to a fashion guy, you know, get a decent haircut, um, live an interesting life, learn languages, learn to fight, travel. All these elements that, that should make up a, a man's life are, are needed as different strings of the bow. And then learning to interact with other human beings i.e. women in different situations. Um, that's just one part of it. So self-improvement, basically. As a whole, this is just an aspect of, self, of the self-improvement industry. But we try and get the guys to focus on the other things. Because if he if he's really badly dressed and he's got a job that, you know, he hates, he's doing eight hours a day for seven days a week for 30 years, that's going to crush him mentally. If he's got low self-esteem, all, the, all these areas, you need to just look at it as a holistic picture. It's not just a case of, you know, just just learn this, you know, read a book on on tricks and and get any woman to bed. I mean, it's just it's a, it's a very outdated kind of view of of looking at this stuff. But probably, you know, you could argue back in the day with the game, that's what it was about. It was almost about faking your value. Um, you know, as a guy, you know, you you got unemployed guys dressed like you know crap. Um, you know, who, who didn't have much to offer, and this was a way of them leveraging up up their value, I guess. Do men that come to you seek relationships like long-term with women or are they more interested in friends with benefits or does it vary? Is there a majority? Completely, var- completely varies. Similar to, similar to women, I think women, you know, maybe a girl, you know, who's, who's 18, maybe 18 to 23 is going to university isn't necessarily, obviously it depends on the ind- individual, but isn't necessarily looking to, to settle down, maybe less, looking just to date around, have some fun. Same with guys. I mean, typically younger guys that come, 18 to 25, maybe they are just looking for a bit of fun, um, casual stuff. Um, older guys, um, if they've just come out of a divorce, then they tend to be looking to get back onto the market. Um, but there's a number of guys who are actually looking for, quote-unquote, the one, or to have something more serious. Um, and I think with age comes that kind of... You don't have to do that, but I think naturally... I think that that tends to happen as you get a bit older. You seek maybe different priorities. You are looking for something more substantial. You are looking more for that emotional fulfillment perspective. Do you teach men to be upfront and honest, um, like the guy that approached me and to say, I just want friends with benefits or... Yeah. No, no. In an initial conversation, no. I mean, that's just retarded. (laughs) 
you go up and you have a, just a normal conversation, right? And if, uh, you know, take a phone number or if you've got time, maybe ask her out for coffee right then and there. Um, but it shouldn't, if, you, if you're asked, if you're going up to, to women in the street and going, do you want to be a friend, friends with benefits? I mean, that's maybe if you're DiCaprio, you might get away with it. Once in a blue moon, but no, it's, it's a terrible strategy. So first date, when when you're drinking, having a, a coffee, do you say, I'm not looking for anything serious? Or... Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. So I wouldn't necessarily, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily suggest guys bring it up um but i guess if um if the woman brings it up you, you you could be honest about it i think the more honest you are in dating to a, to a degree then the easier it is because you don't tangle yourself up in in kind of half lives or white truths or whatever so if she brings it up i'd i'd, I'd say to the guys to be honest you know say what you're looking for always uh, so there's no time. kind of false expectation always time that's how i see it you know you 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 see say that again you always see it like that i i see it as i like upfront honesty because i don't want to waste time if that makes sense right so yeah i wouldn't be dating someone that just wanted something casual so you're always looking for a long-term relationship i'm 26 now i'm not looking for a long-term relationship i have had bouts of I hate calling it celibacy, but times like uh-huh. years at a time where if I don't like someone, I have to really feel a connection with them in order to sleep with them and to have... So- I don't like right. shallow um, connections. So I'm happy. I do go on dates. I have been on dates whilst my legs were closed. But it's very interesting. And the best way to get a guy away is to say, like, I haven't had sex in a year and you'll just watch them run. <laughs> But, you watch them run away. Yeah, it has. If you don't like someone, you can just drop that, you know. And really, yes, yes, because obviously they're going to okay. want something more with you, and it's like I can't guarantee you that if I like you, then maybe it can be more. If I don't, then sorry, you know. Um, I see what you mean. It's that type of thing. I need to have a connection, so it's it's tricky. Okay. Do you still teach day game? Because I have seen some of your day game on YouTube. Yeah, that's all I, I mean, that's, 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 I mean, that's the majority of what, that's what I'd say cold approach was. Cold approach day game is essentially speaking to uh, the opposite sex in non-club or bar environment or online. So everyday scenarios is Uh how you can phrase it. Coffee shop or shopping mall or on the way to the airport, you know, as you go around your, your everyday life at the gym, can I ask for those who are listening? Because I have had the heard the term Chads and Stacys. Um, what are what are these? And am I a Stacy from what you've seen? Can you rate me? Do I qualify? <laughs> I, do, I, I don't actually know what Stacy is. Um, I'm not I'm not too too up on the acronyms because they're they're kind of a new generation of, of guys like talking about normies and things like this. I was like, what what's going on? I, I felt outdated. I feel like I'm getting old, but. Chad would be as hypothetical, I guess, like good looking dude with a good jaw, um, who's like super tall, like jacked from the gym, um, basically just ticking all the physical boxes. That would be your uh, your hypothetical Chad. And the thought behind this kind of new generation of of of, uh, of, of kind of online, I guess, the incel community, which they deem black pill, which is related to what happened tragically recently with this with this guy who 
who um, basically went on a rampage, who apparently as YouTube search histories would link to some of these these black pill channels, they would say, you know, guys who subscribe to this sort of way of thinking would say, if you're a child, basically you can get any girl because it's all about looks. That's the only kind of prerequisite. Um, that's all women look for is, is like a jack, good looking dude. I was literally just going to ask you um, if you could explain briefly what red pill, blue pill and black pill are and if you subscribe to any of these ideologies and why do you think they've become so popular with men? Blue pill and red pill. So there's that scene in The Matrix where Morpheus opens his hand to Neo and he says, right, do you want to do you want to go take the pill and go down the rabbit hole, hole and see, see it as you know, deep as it goes or whatever? Blue pill is kind of like guys who... I guess, quote unquote, have this idea of this romantic idea of the one, this romance. Like there is a one out, there is one guy who's going to complete. Not one guy. There's one woman out there who's going to complete you. She's meant for you. Um, it's kind of, I guess, old school Disney romance thinking. Red Pill is kind of what guys would, I guess, you could sum it up as seeing it, the sexual market more without. The, the Disney romance element, seeing it for what it is, um, you know, what are men attracted to, what are women attracted to, um, things like when is a when is when is a woman's peak attractiveness to the opposite sex, when is a man's peak attractiveness to the opposite sex, and then kind of an overarching like idea of, of trying to max yourself out with self improvement um, as the base. And I'd say if I had to fall into any category, we'd probably focus on. You know that most and first and foremost, um, black pill is this new new wave, new new wave of, of basically linked to the the incel culture. So you had this this shooting actually quite a while ago now. It was a good ten years ago. Or so Elliot Rogers in the US, um, and it's basically a community of guys who just feel they can't get laid. They're they're involuntary, you know, celibate. So they they feel they have no option uh, with the opposite sex. And they can't do anything about it. And so it's tinged with massive, massive amounts of nihilism, basically like, oh, the world's going to the dogs, we're screwed. Um, and it's, it's quite a dangerous kind of wave of thinking because you you, you have things happening like this Plymouth shooting. And I don't know how much, you know, I don't really know enough about his mindset. Some people say he was mentally ill, but the fact he was subscribed to a number of these Black Bill channels, which produce a very dangerous rhetoric, um it is is concerning uh the, the kind of new focus of i guess the incel black pill kind of vibe is um is it's as i just described it's only about looks that's the only thing that matters you know for women when it comes to to dating the opposite sex um and on top of the fact it's only about looks it's if you're not basically a jack good looking dude you're absolutely screwed so you should just give up give up with dating, just just forget about it, do something else. Interesting. Do you think that looks, like status matters more than looks then when it comes to dating? Yeah, I think there's a number of things that matter more than looks because I was, well, I am a good looking guy, not in an arrogant way, just, you know, I knew I was decent looking. Um, I still had relatively low, low self-esteem before I got into this, though. So it probably, you know, I didn't think I was that decent looking. I just thought I was, I was average, okay looking. And I assume that, um, you know, women should like me, I guess, because I, I was decent looking. Um, and, 
you know, that, that wasn't the case. What was the question again? Do you think status ma- status matters oh, more status than looks? Oh, so yeah, that was it. So I assumed, right, why am I getting... Because I, I was getting no results, you know, really dating-wise. So I was like, okay, this is weird because, you know, I just assumed, you know, women only cared about looks, which obviously now, kind of understanding this stuff, in hindsight, um, just isn't true. I'd say, yeah, I'd say social status, kind of almost celebrity success, definitely trumps looks. Um but I, I think seeing it as a zero-sum game is, is, is not a good way to look at it either. I think, again, being a guy, I think the more you can kind of max out every everything, you know, look good, as, as good as you can, get to the gym, um, dress well, earn, earn decent money, do a job you enjoy. Um, all these elements, I think, if you can really focus on, on building those, that gives you the best possible chance of, of, of dating because you're actually offering some value. What would you say to an ex-incel that came to you for, for coaching, for self-improvement? And how would you handle them differently? What would you teach them? Um, well, we worked with a couple in Helsinki. I mean, we went, we just recently, myself and a couple of guys recently ran a program there. And um, they were, they both had zero experience sexually. And they both came out of, you know, we were we were teaching them how to basically be sociable and get stuck in. And they both ended up, you know, going on some dates and, and things happened. So these were got both guys who historically had watched not only the content I put out, but also some black pill stuff, some of the more nihilistic like incel stuff. And they it was interesting speaking to them off the, the, uh, the training because they said, yeah, they were actually both going down that route of almost giving up. They came out to, to, to Finland with us and they had some success and it's kind of obviously changed their mindset. Um, but I think, yeah, especially younger guys, it's, it's a very young audience who tends to watch this, the Black Pill stuff. Like a lot of the big name creators are actually kind of like 18, 19. So very young, quite an experience in, in, in a in a kind of a life life experience sense, but they have a platform to spout this stuff out. And so a lot of the audience is also young. So, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily do anything differently from what we did uh, with these guys, which is just basically just, just get them to start approaching and give them the feedback on what they're doing. Um, but it was, it was really interesting to see that because they both subscribed to that kind of thinking and they were going down that, that path. And I'm glad we kind of got hold of them when we did and showed them actually the world isn't going for dogs. You know, there are, you know, 8 billion humans on planet Earth, of course, if you go and put yourself out there and have some, you know, some calibrated conversations, there are going to be options for you. It's quite interesting that you've had that experience and that you've actually met and, you know, listened to some of their stories. Could you please, I know this is a bit like of a, I don't think it's actually a, a mad question, but why do you think they feel so entitled to women from what you've seen? So entitled? Yes. Who? Incels. They don't feel entitled. They, they, they think that they've got absolutely no shot at dating. That's where this kind of nihilism and, and uh, give up aspect comes from. They think they, 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 that the whole message is they cannot date. They're involuntary. So, so that, um, they, you know, the whole thing is rife with involuntary cel- celibacy. They cannot. They, there is no entitlement to women whatsoever. Oh, because I don't think they can date. I've read some stuff where it's like they feel like they deserve to have sex. Do you see what I mean? Or they deserve to have a woman? Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, 
Yeah, I, again, I think it just feeds into this bullshit instant gratification culture we live in, this Instagram culture of maybe they see, you know, all these extremely good-looking women, you know, plastered all over billboards and magazines and all over Instagram, and it creates an unreal expectation um, that they just deserve to be dating, you know, beautiful girls. And, you know, obviously the reality is not is not like that. Um, I'd say, you know, high-value um, women tend to date high-value men. So if the guy is literally sitting in his basement, unemployed, you know, doesn't look too good, poor fashion, um, not much going on in his life, um, terrible social skills, he's going to have a very, very hard time, isn't he, um, going out and, and, and dating. And so, again, this is what we try and work on, looking at every, all the aspects and trying to think, right, how can we help these guys? Um, the entitlement thing, I, d I don't know. Uh, I think it's just symptomatic of, of the fact we live in an instant gratification culture, the Instagram world. Mm. Um, have you, what was I going to say? Have you coached any men that have later gone on to get married? Any yeah. success stories? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. I had a couple of wedding invites from previous clients. They didn't know each other. They were separate guys. And I ended up going to one of the guys' weddings. It was cool. It was a girl who had met in a coffee shop three years before. Oh, wow. Yeah. What? Romance isn't dead. <laughs> Obvi well, I think chivalry is kind of dying a bit. A tiny bit. Yeah. Um, but I don't think romance is dead yet. Hopefully not. What, Hopefully not, fingers crossed. What are your social media links slash your website and where where is best for people to reach out to you, to talk to you or to like, you know, book your services? Um, best thing to do is just go onto YouTube and just type in James Tusk and there's loads of free videos that are demonstrating us working with guys and how to, you know, how to go and have a normal, natural conversation with the opposite sex. Um, or check out my website, jamestuss.com, and just uh, apply for a, a consultation and we'll just jump on the phone on WhatsApp and, and figure out where you're at and how we can help you get to where you need to go, depending on, obviously, your goals. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week, Monday, for a new guest and a new exciting topic. Feel free to check out more of my content at ebbyonline.com.